Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Welcome to With You Every Step. Internal battles is something that we all struggle with. When you're traveling solo, it can be intense and it can feel like you're alone. Today, I have Amelia Stubbs here to talk all about her internal struggles that she had while she was traveling on her first solo trip in Europe. Welcome, Amelia. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I am so happy to talk to you today all about your amazing trip to Europe. Yay. <laughs> but firstly, I want to know what you do for a job. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Who needs sound effects? <laughs> That's right. You got me. <laughs> My job. I, well, look, this comes under a big umbrella, I feel. But mostly I model and use Instagram to promote a body positive message. What kind of model are you? So I'm a plus size model, which people usually know the term in the industry, but I like to say I'm a curve model. Because I really don't like the term plus size model. Ah, look, I had to get used to it pretty early on and I I feel like people overthink it a little bit and I feel proud. I, I understand why people don't like it, but that's why I've started using the term curve model or curvy model. But in the end, it's just, it's just a label like what's on your clothes. I mean, it's just how to identify something in my head. So the non-plus size models, what are they called? So they're called straight size models. Oh, a straight size model. Yeah. So I don't know if that's more flattering. Uh, but so, so then it does make sense if you are a curvy model because they're straight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who, who invented these names? I don't know. But I think, I think things are kind of dividing into their own little sections now. You've got, you know, athletic models and then you've got the petite models and you've got the tall models. I mean, there's lots of different categories and that's amazing because it's diversity, which is what I'm all about. <laughs> Absolutely. And no one wants to see one type of person. No, no, no exactly. you got to represent what humans are like. Exactly. And it's not like anyone is better than the other. It's just showing that diversity and different types of people. So mm. that's, that's what it's simple in my head, but it doesn't seem to be very simple for the industry <laughs> to take on. And would you call yourself an influencer? Yeah. Yep. If, again, if you want to say plus size model, you can say influencer. It's all under that generic bracket. Yeah. I tend to, to say my Instagram is just a tool to promote the message and yeah, I influence through it. So I guess an influencer is correct. <laughs> okay. Because I have mentioned a few times on here that I'm not a big fan of a lot of influencers mm. because I find a lot of the content is not genuine. Yeah. Look, I think people try to be genuine, but what they're missing is the message behind it, like a why. The why has to become, um, come before the image for me. So why I'm actually posting this, what impact is it going to have on people and uh, would I want to see it? Mm. So they're the things I think are missing and that's just education as well. Yeah, and that's how I work with my podcast too. Yes. I want people to take something away from it. It's not just about me talking to somebody. I want them to be able to get something out of it. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that a lot of influencers miss, I find. I do not find that with you, which is why you're here talking to me <laughs> oh, yeah. today. It's nice to hear. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, no, I love your stuff. Your stuff makes me laugh a lot. Oh, good. Like, there was a moment where I was kind of, I think it was a couple of years ago, and, and my sisters would say to me, oh, you know, that's so funny. And I'm like, oh, I'd never share that and they said why well you know it wasn't anything in particular it was just me being dorky and um, I started sharing it with people and I think it made them realize I was a, a real person 
and they were, could relate. So since then, I've just been like pretty authentic and transparent. And uh, I'm glad to hear that you that you find it funny. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of absolutely. The time. So that's great. Okay, now your trip to Europe. Yes, tell epic. me about it. That was an epic journey. It was personally, and it was for my family as well. So we went over for Dad's sixtieth. He gave us a five year warning. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. We actually would sit at a table. I've got three sisters and they've got partners and we would deliberate. We'd say, you know, what, what's the plan? Which flight are you going to be on? And this is five years in the making. So it, w- it was a pretty epic journey <laughs> from the beginning. I, at the time, I didn't have a partner and I still don't. So Me neither. Single ladies unite. Oh, the single ladies. Oh, the single <laughs> ladies. Yeah. Break into song. <laughs> Look, and it was fine and I realised if I had one, how would I bring him into the picture and if I would anyway because I feel like part of, for me, part of the journey was to travel alone. So that was a big deal because one day I'd like to have a family and I'd like to settle somewhere but I feel like if I hadn't had uh, journeyed on my own, then something would have been missing. Mm, And I think a lot of women do say that. I've spoken to a lot of women that have had children and they, they see my trips and they say, oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I did that before I had my kids. It's like, yeah. well, do it now. Yeah, You've well, got kids. It. You just, it's a different type of travel. But don't restrict yourself because you feel like you missed out. But I think it's something that definitely anyone can still do. And I know a lot of women that are doing it now in their 50s and 60s. Their children have grown up and they look back and go, I wish I did it when I was younger, but now my kids are older. I'm going to go do it now. I think it's fantastic. And it is. It just depends on, on when it's right for you. And look, I've been a nanny for 15 years. That was my almost, it was my side job to my modelling. And I really understand the impact children have on you energetically and, you know, your, your responsibilities and your life goals change. I can see that even though I'm not a parent. It's what drove me to doing this now because it, it is different. But it doesn't mean that when you have them, you can't do it as what you, as, as what you said. So I've seen lots of people traveling uh, with their partners and the, the kids have been, you know, the little backpack and, mm. you know, it's, it's just a different experience. So, yeah, there's, there's never an end date to travel. No, there's not. But this was the first time you went by yourself? Yes. So you were, sorry, you were going with your family, but then you went off by yourself? Yes. So we, we met in Bellagio. Italy. Italy, yes. So Bellagio, we had this big house. We had a beautiful time together and then everyone went on their separate ways. Okay. So that was your dad's dream for his 60th was to be in Italy? Yes. Okay. Yes, with with his family. So that includes my sister and her husband and my sister's fiancé. So it was lovely and we all get along really well. I couldn't help but feel slightly envious maybe of them going off and that had all these plans set in and and I hadn't really planned it to the T. Mm-hmm. That's something I'll talk about with you later is do you plan or do you not plan? I am a planner. Oh, I'm a planner now. I'll tell you now. <laughs> and I think it goes for personality. Yeah. If, you, if you're happy just to go, my sis, my little sister Charlotte, she just walks to the beat of her own drum and she just does whatever she needs and, and it really suits her to not plan. But to me, I tried to be like that. But I can say now that I'm, I won't do that again. I'm not regretting it, but I, I'll be doing things differently next time if I do that. How long were you with the family for? So we were there for uh, five days. Okay. So not too long together. Not too long. Uh, I'd already been in Rome before that, which I'd been there before. So it was familiar and I loved the history. So I was quite happy there on my own. Did you stay in a hostel? I did. <laughs> Do you love hostels? No. You don't? No. Look, again, it's personality. I realised 
that I wasn't okay sharing a room with people. Mm -hmm. I'm a light sleeper. I'm 29, kind of love my own space. And I'm not as relaxed as I used to be, I think. And I hadn't done it before. So I haven't done it when I was 21 or 20. You know, I haven't been there. And also someone stole my favorite leather shoes. Oh. I, it was the one thing I didn't put in my little basket under the bed. I didn't I locked everything else up, like yeah. my laptop, and I left my white leather Frankie footwear. Yeah. So it's a brand I really love. And I planned to wear them for my whole trip. So they're almost four weeks that I was there. I only bought a few pairs of shoes and yeah, someone someone nicked them. So they must have been the same size foot as you. She was. I know who she was. Oh, do you? And I hope she's out there and I hope you're loving my shoes. <laughs> How? I could never steal yeah. anything from yeah. anybody. Yeah. I personally have never had anything stolen in a hostel, but I often will get my own room in a hostel. Yes, I would do that. And it's not that I'm precious. I'm happy to share a bathroom. I'm oh, happy I'm a little to bit share. precious. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you know what? Own it. That's fine. Yeah, but I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm happy as long as I've got my own bedroom. I'm fine. Obviously, a bathroom would be great as well if you can get – but they, they're expensive. So it depends on what your priorities are and my priority is to get a good night's sleep and I can share a bathroom and that's fine if it's half the price yeah. as getting a room with a bathroom. Yeah. I have done that before too but I prefer the ones that have an ensuite. Then you're in total control. Yes. Especially yes, if you yeah. are getting up early and you have things to do and you want to do your makeup and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Well, then it's easier when you've got your own bathroom but if you have to wait and there's people and there's – it yeah. can be very stressful when you're waiting. Exactly. And and that's where I, I say the priorities, if you put more money into your accommodation, you have a safe place to go after your long days, which I found I was on my feet for eight or nine hours at a time, yeah, sometimes even 12. Yeah. And then I'd expect to go out and party and I was like, no. <laughs> so some nights I was like, I just want to lie in my bed and watch Netflix on my laptop on my own. Yeah. Yeah, it just – that's what I learned about myself and I'll never go back. I know how to travel for myself in that area now. <laughs> so would you go into a hostel again though? I would, yes. So yeah. I, I stayed in an amazing hostel in Bern in Switzerland. It was actually an old hospital. So oh. yeah, it was a little bit creepy. It would um, be creepy. But it was also cool creepy. So it had all been repainted and there's different animals, like cute little animals painted. Play. It was just quirky. But yeah, I, I shared a room in, in there and, and that was when I decided never again. I ended up upgrading to a single bedroom. But that was a great experience because it was a nice place to be. Yeah, I love hostels and I was a late bloomer with them as well because I, they scared me. Yes. And I, a lot of women feel scared and don't want to go into hostels, but I, felt, I feel more safe now in a hostel than I do in a hotel. Well, it doesn't help that there's movies like horror slasher movies called Hostel. Like, <laughs> I don't think that helps the cause. <laughs> it does not. You're right. But it's and people not the way often it is. ask if I have seen that movie. I go, no, I don't want to watch it. No, I've seen the first part, and yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to watch anymore. It's not a real depiction of what. It's not what it actually is. So I, I think that hotels are great, but they, it's great when you're with someone. You can share the cost and. You, it's a bit more luxurious. It's a, it's a higher budget kind of holiday. But if you're on your own and it's that priorities, like what do you want out of it? Do you actually really care where you're sleeping or do you want to go and travel and have a look? Because some people love just like relaxing in the hotel, doing a little bit of walking around, coming back and enjoying the pool or what, whatever. So you just got to work out what you love. Hmm. But saying that, I have stayed in some hostels in Europe that are nicer than some of the hotels I stayed at in yes. Europe. Yes, yes, it's so different, isn't it? Yeah. Over here, generally speaking, you've got a hostel which is a bit more young vibe. You think of bed bugs. <laughs> <laughs> 
which I've never had. By the way, I think that's also a little. <laughs> and then you think of hotels in a little bit more upper. But I think it is different in Europe for sure. It's a mixed bag. Oh, yeah. Some of the hostels I stayed in were stunning. Mm. The bathrooms had like marble in yeah. them. This is a hostel. Yes. What? Yes. I think recommendations are great. I would on Google and just type in the top hostels in the area. And that's where I found Hotel 77 in Bern. And that was just everyone was talking about it and raving about it. And that to me really changed my experience there because I stayed in a great place. Okay. So after Rome, you went to the family. Yes. After the family. So you only stayed with the family for five days in one location. You didn't travel anywhere together? No. Was that part of the plan? Five years of planning and that's all? The expectation for me was to maybe meet up with a few of my family members, but it didn't end up being that way because everyone did their own thing. They had this dream of going to different places. But one of my most favourite times was in France, meeting in Paris with my little sister Georgie and her fiancé, and that was really special. So, yeah, we did meet up once there and it was kind of at the end of the trip, it was my last destination and I was feeling very tired and alone at the time. So seeing them was just like, oh, my gosh, my family. And, yeah, it makes you really appreciate people yeah. who are I in your lives. I find it so interesting that your whole family was in Europe but everyone was in different locations at the same time. Yeah, it was very disjointed. I think my dad wanted us to be able to do it, you know, because it was such a big goal and it cost a lot of money. He wanted us to be happy and he wanted that, those five days in a house together. So we, we, all, we had this house with different rooms and extra apartment on the back. So we're all in the same area. So we did breakfast, lunch and dinner together. And I think that was enough for him and he wanted to go and see things that, that he knew we wouldn't want to. And look, it wouldn't have worked the whole time together. I wouldn't have worked. We're different people. We've, we've got ideas about what we want to see and what we don't want to see and it just would have been chaotic. So five was enough, five mm. days. <laughs> and, and that's nice that there wasn't that pressure on you either, that you did have to stay together the whole time. Exactly, yeah. It was, it was nice. And then we, when we came home, because we always love our family dinners and our birthday dinners and we get together and we shared beautiful stories and, and photos and it was great. After the family, where did you go? I went to – I had a little bit of a freak out. I just want to mention that. <laughs> I kind of went, I'm, I'm travelling on my own for real. But you were in Rome by yourself before you met up with them. I was, but I'd already been there and I knew I was meeting my family in two days. So okay. it was a different – I was just kind of had this moment of, oh, my gosh, this is real now. And I had to come to terms with that a little bit. And having said that, I, I actually came straight to Europe from working, you know, really long hours – for Curvy Amelia and modelling and that was like kind of my identity. So to, to strip all my work away from me and just be like, hey, you're in a foreign country and you're about to travel on your own was was really, really eye-opening. So that's why I kind of had a bit of a freak out. But it was fine. I went on to up north to Switzerland because that was the closest little jump. From Italy. From Italy, yes, yeah. from Bellagio, the north. Just thinking about what you just said, I remember one of my trips, I would have been in my 20s, that I was going off by myself and I remember I was still living at home with mum and dad at the time, laying in mum's lap the night before, <laughs> crying, <laughs> going, I'm going to miss you so yeah. much. But uh, And she's like, you'll be fine. What are you, I don't, I don't even know why I was so upset, but I think it's just all the emotion yes. and knowing that you are going to be by yourself, where now... I'm totally confident I don't have any of those 
stresses at all anymore. But I remember the first time having that feeling of, why am I doing this? It's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. And it makes me feel a lot better that I hear that you, (laughs) experienced solo traveller, had that. Because even though I was 28 at the time, I felt so overwhelmed. And look, my family were saying, you'll be fine, just like what your mum said. It was, I think, something to be open to because that's how you grow. Mm-hmm. And so if it does happen to you, don't stress out. It, no. it happens to all of us. Just, just feel it. Just ground yourself and feel it and talk to people because there's always people there. I spent my a lot of my time talking to people while I was in Europe. So I'd have time away from my phone, but I'd also be connected to people because that's what is important to me. And makes me feel happy. But yeah, don't feel bad for having support. No, not at all. And something else I say is when you're traveling and you have those moments, there's always people in a hostel that you can go and talk to and they'll say, oh, that happened to me a week ago. Yes. Or that happened to me last month. Or I'm feeling the same way. Because everybody goes through it. Exactly. And everyone has the ups and downs. It's just life. And you'll find that when you're in places, for me, I went, to a lot of tourist destinations but then into a lot of shops and the shop owners speak English a lot of the time or even if they don't they still just they laugh with you and then they see that you're a foreigner and like there's ways to get that joy and that like connection with people it doesn't matter where you are so you're not in a desert on your own there are people everywhere and every I always see people in a a positive light because they do they always want to help you and if you're upset just say look I'm I actually said to someone once I was just um, a random person at a tourist site and she was in my tour group and I said I'm on my own so I'm feeling a little bit lonely today and she goes oh come and join us and I hung out with her and her friend the whole day the whole day lovely German girls and you know really mate that was one of my highlights of the trip yeah, I had a similar thing happen in Vegas. I mean, okay. yes, it is Vegas, but <laughs> I was by myself in the lift and I was feeling a bit down and these girls were at a having it their bachelorette party. Wow. And they just looked at me and they said, oh, I love that shirt you're wearing. I was like, hi, I'm by myself. And they were like, just come and hang out with us for the night. And I had the best night. It's relatable because they have probably felt that way in some way. People want to make you happy I think that's just a natural human thing and also I think it's being that honest the honesty people really appreciate I think it's again a really beautiful moment when you do that and it's very you feel very vulnerable but again you can be anyone you can be anyone you want when you're traveling on your own you have no one who knows you and you can be any type of you some people will bring out the funny part in you. Some people will bring out the more serious part. And that's what I discovered. I didn't have to be curvy Amelia all the time. I could just be Amelia. Yeah. And I think it makes you grow. It does. And even even though I reflect back sometimes and feel like that was very overwhelming feelings or I could have changed this and this, but talking about this to you now, I see how many things I've learned about myself and it, it, they're great. I wouldn't, you can't buy it. No, and you come back a different person, don't you? You do. You, you definitely do. do. You definitely Every do. Every trip I come back and I'm like, oh, I feel like I've grown like three foot. And then I see all my friends and they've just been doing their everyday business. And I'm like, no one can see the changes, but inside the changes are so big. Yes, it's it's actually the inner happiness. So it's feeding that little girl. I call it my little girl inside. And, you know, she wants to go and do all the adventurous stuff and the monotonous stuff that I do in my life isn't feeding that kind of so I think it's a balance. You've got to have both. Yeah. And traveling alone will challenge you in ways that you would never be challenged here in your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be prepared for some battle as well. 
you got <laughs> you got to, and that's why I want to talk about it and if I can help reduce some of the stress for someone else who's going to take the leap and travel alone I will so it was Bern the first place you went to in Switzerland yes how did you get there did you fly no I didn't fly anywhere apart from to and from Europe from Australia and I went on train so this is something I did pre-plan was my train tickets and I actually, this is an interesting thing I did a bit of research on was do I buy the rail pass, which I think is about $800. Super expensive. So expensive. I did the calculations. <laughs> this is someone who's not very good at maths, but I did the calculations and the research. And for me to travel for the month was cheaper to just kind of even buy the ticket on the day or to pre-plan and get a special and not spend that $800 because I wasn't going to be traveling eight times, if that makes sense. You got to work out how much you'd actually use it. And yeah. I, I went to 13 different places. So it, the rail path is, is good if you're there for three months, I think, you know, or more. Yeah. Okay. I think that's good advice. I've never actually taken the train around Europe. <gasps> well, it, look, it's a great way to travel. Yeah. It I've is. driven many times. Oh, I haven't done that yet. Yeah. <laughs> I used to go with my dad a lot and he would drive. So we would drive to a lot of places. But if I'm going by myself, I often will just fly okay. to the destinations because it's just quicker and easier. And there are some really cheap flights that you can catch. One thing that deterred me from flying, and I'd like to hear your experience on this and your opinion, is the stress of getting to the airport and the extra luggage fee because I was carrying around 30 kilograms. And a lot of those were you know, clothes for modelling as well. But I wonder if it's more stressful than just jumping on a train, which has its own stresses. <laughs> it does. But yeah, that is kind of like you just in the city, you go to another city, you're in the city. You don't have to get those extra transport connections as well. Well, the thing I often do is I will check with the hostel and see if they have transfers. Okay. So they pick you up from the airport and a lot of them do. So a lot of them, some of them even do free ones. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that would make it easy. Just you just email them and you ask them and all they'll say to you the best way to do it is you get on a bus or you get on whatever and they tell you the transport ways. Most of the hostels are all over it. Did you find that security I have a horror story about security check in Heathrow. Okay. Out of all places, everyone knows Heathrow is really strict, but I missed a plane because they checked my bags about two or three times and I missed it by a minute. One minute. <laughs> this is back when I was twenty one. But that always worries me that, you know, you don't have that security check on the trains. Did you find that it was a problem? Well, the only ever big issue that I've ever had was at Heathrow as well. Oh, love you, Heathrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> because they had told me they had overbooked the flight. And so I was there with plenty of time, but they were telling me that I didn't have a seat on the plane. Yeah, too bad, so sad. That's uh-huh. kind of their attitude. <laughs> and I said, excuse me, I've been booked on this flight for, I don't know, at the time, maybe eight months. I'd yeah, really wow. booked that in advance. So I said, how am I getting bumped off? So they tried to calm me down by giving me like a $10, £10 voucher for the airport or something. Oh, whoa. Yeah. I can buy myself a piece of bread. Anyway, I think I kicked up such a stink that I ended up on the actual flight. Yeah, good. I think if you don't if you don't stand up for yourself, especially being alone, if you don't tell in a very you gotta be firm with them mm-hmm. and not too dramatic, but say, look, this is this is not an option. Yeah. I've got to be on it. And I find that being a solo female, I think we're the target for those Yes. Bump offs. Yes. And they go, oh, yeah, we're not going to get much of an argument, maybe. I'll mess with the wrong woman. No, yeah. you are. You're going to get an argument from me. Oh, exactly. It's, you just 
have to say to them yeah, also that you are travelling alone and that it is an inconvenience because you've got connections to other places and you've planned this. Yeah, I think, again, it's that human level and that's probably how you got onto the flight. And crying. I think I cried. Oh, Maybe. I, I cried so much. Not that I wanted to cry for drama purposes, but it just really you feel very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So when your plans have changed, and that's something about being flexible with changing plans is a very important thing to be aware of as well. So if you can't control everything, a flight might be cancelled or something might happen. You might even hurt yourself and you have to stay somewhere for a bit longer. And I think it's being open to that, which will make your experience more exciting yeah. and nice. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So going back to your question, no, I haven't really had many issues. Uh, some Asian countries I've had issues with luggage being the baggage size and the weight. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I found in the Philippines their scales were wrong. Oh, and so they would tell you you had to pay extra for the weight and then you'd go put it on another scale and it was a different one than what they're telling you. Some of those things you just can't argue as much as we tried to. And so sometimes yeah. you just got to, for your own sanity, suck it up, just do what they're telling you because it was not going to work. But through Europe, no, I didn't really have lost baggage. I did have once. Mm-hmm. And actually, speaking of that, my cousin and her husband are currently in Europe and they just posted that their bags just got lost. Oh, no. I know. It's the worst. Well, don't travel with anything that you wouldn't be able to replace. Yes. I went traveling and I assumed that I'd leave it all there and get new stuff. You know, it's just a different thinking. Yeah. Don't, even your laptop, anything, you know, don't take it. If you, It's a risk. And you're going to have travel insurance, hopefully. I always recommend that. Uh-huh, absolutely. But the inconvenience isn't the fact that you can't get it back through insurance is that you can't get those particular items back sometimes so it's that unattachment travel with things that aren't dear to you yeah and keep all the things that are on the plane with you exactly I kept everything in my little mini carry-on and that included my laptop you know all my expensive things like my creams and perfumes and stuff that's in your carry-on yeah you don't lose that and I also which is this is a very mother trick that my mother told me when I was young is always have spare knickers in your carry-on and I always have a spare change of clothes. Me too. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, mum. I know. It was so helpful. (laughs) So helpful. So helpful. Yeah. Look, and you feel so fresh with an extra pair of undies. Even if you're a guy, like take extra underpants. It's not heavy to take around with you, but I don't know. It just makes you feel like you've got a new change of clothes, even if you don't. And singlets. So you can always change your singlet under your, your top or your dress or something. So, yeah, they're little little tricks like that uh, which really help feel fresh. Yes. <laughs> so, no, I have not really had massive issues getting to and from the airports. I think I would find it more stressful being confined on a train for a really long time. To be honest, when I got on the train, I was relieved because I knew I'd be on there for two or three hours. I could just sit. I was worried I'd get bored. That was my worry. And mum said, look, as you get older, you don't get bored. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. That's very true. <laughs> Another wise advice. And I, I took that into consideration because I'm a very go, go, go person. I need stimulation and I, I practice having a calmer mind and, and that kind of thing. And I thought I'd get on the train and there was one trip. I think it was actually from, oh, I can't remember the, the legs, but it was, you know, a six hour trip. I was like, oh God, what am I going to do for six hours? I mean, that's like two movies. And uh, anyway, I ended up sitting there doing nothing. 
because I'd been stimulated from the travel and I was exhausted and my feet were hurting and I just wanted to sit and do nothing. And that was another thing I learned about myself is that I can do that and I don't have to have that stimulation all the time. So trains are beautiful in that way and you can look out the window if you want to. I always had lovely chats to people opposite me. It can be awkward because you're never really on your own. It forces you to share with people and that I think is a nice thing because you can talk if you want or you don't have to if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Planes, obviously, you have to be a bit more planned for, for planes, I think. Yes, um, totally. So it depends, again, what you, what you want, what your priorities are. Try it both ways. Next time I go, I will be doing more planes so I can go at more of a distance in a quicker time. And also driving, as what you said, something that I would really like to do. But I would like to do driving with someone. Yeah, me too. I don't I don't like driving on the other side of the road. My dad always did the driving and he was so confident with it. He grew up over there, so it was more comfortable for him. Yes. The only time I've hired a car in Europe and drove was in Greece on the island that my mother is from. Okay. In Lesbos. Sounds scary. Sounds really scary. I the little roads and so <laughs> scared. Literally going through little oh my gosh. laneways <laughs> where I yes. had to look at my oh mirrors my and I thought, how am I, how am I going to do this? And I'm actually a good driver over but you here did it. in my car and I'm comfortable. This <laughs> is a car I've just got for the day. It's not my car. I don't know the dimensions of the car very well. Yeah, it was quite scary. But I met a lady at the restaurant the night before and we just started talking and she was there by herself as well. And I said to her, I'm hiring a car tomorrow. Do you want to come with me? And she's like, yes, please. I'd love to. So at least I had someone in the car with me. Yes. Which was nice to have that extra person. So she'd stick her head out the window and just go, no, you've got like three inches. You're good. Yes. But now you can say you've done it. And I I think it's that limiting thinking that we give ourselves and I do for myself. You can say now I've done that. You've got a fun story to tell. But also it, it makes me think of that human connection. And just by telling people what you're doing, there are opportunities there where you can make a new friend. And I've made a couple, actually, I made a really, really great friend in Germany. And I met her over Instagram just because we had connected as plus size models. And I now would, you know, host her here for months if she wanted to, you know. <laughs> so I think just by saying, hey, I'm coming over to Europe or, you know, can we have a coffee or, hey, I'm just hiring a car like what you did. It's, it can really lead to amazing fun times. Oh, yeah. And long lasting friendships. Yes. It's amazing how the stronger connection can be when you're, A, you're both kind of, again, that vulnerable ability. And also there's nothing stopping you. You don't have to be anywhere. There's mm. no appointments and, you know, it's that freedom and that I think creates a stronger connection. Absolutely. And then for some reason when people are travelling, they often talk about poop. <laughs> <laughs> and so you always okay. get a very strong connection with someone when you have to talk about your personal things that are going on with your body. Oh, exactly. And look, giving each other tips and, you know, feeling like you're helping someone and it is, it's a really nice thing. It's different to meeting someone just at an event. I know we met at an event, but it's different when you're like, oh, I've got to go now. You know, I've only been here for an hour. And you talk about superficial things or, you know, surface stuff and you, and you go. So you make connections, but they're not really deep. You don't talk about things that like scare you or like you need advice or it, it is. It's a really different. Or that you're not feeling well and you need a bathroom, which is often a thing that people talk about when they're traveling. Yes. <laughs> or like don't eat the salad. Yes. Don't eat the salad because it's germs and stuff yeah. and my dad always told me that and I look I'm not too bad I, it depends where you eat but <laughs> it depends on the country you're it in. does it does absolutely yeah. when I'm in a less developed country I am very careful yes I will not wash my face in the water oh that's a good tip 
I've never been sick. Oh, never. And don't brush your teeth. Do not brush your teeth. But most people won't brush. Oh, some people will brush their teeth, but then they wash their face in the shower. Oh my gosh, that I would I would seriously have washed my face. I've, I haven't been to an underdeveloped country properly. I've been in quite a nice hotels and and that kind of thing. But I yeah, if you do, you're traveling a bit more rustic. <laughs> Yeah. Don't wash your face. Don't wash your face in the water. It makes a big difference because it goes on your lips. You lick your lips. Yes. And then you might pick up a bug. Well, even places in Italy, you can't drink the water. You can't. Yeah. Some places in Europe, I mean, the pipes are really old and they just recommend you to drink the bottled water. And even in France, some places in France. So it is, it depends on where you are, but taking those extra precautions are really useful I think for your happiness overall absolutely (laughs) there's nothing nice about being stuck in a bathroom and missing out on things actually speaking of being sick I I got the flu oh no yeah I got the I got the flu I think I may have got it from Paris I, I feel like because the population is so dense there and touching touching things you know like the public transport and mm-hmm. and you touch your face so look you can't avoid getting sick 100% you can take precautions but i think i was tired by the end of the trip and I probably was low. Yeah, and I probably wasn't thinking about things I would have at the start and hand sanitizer and things. And I actually got the you know the real flu, where you know influenza, terrible. And I was on a plane with it, and oh, yeah, it was, no. I didn't know I had it at the time. I just felt really, really unwell. Yeah, and I got home and I was in bed for two weeks, and then I was well for another week, and then I got the Melbourne influenza. So yeah, look, <laughs> this is, <laughs> but it made me stop and reflect on my trip and I was just in bed and I was looking through photos and look, there's always a positive to, to that, but yeah, hygiene is very important. <laughs> yeah. And when you're on your own and you're, I was in a hotel in Abu Dhabi with the influenza and I was crying so hard because I was so alone and like, there's nothing worse than when you're sick and you're all by yourself. I even said to myself, I was like, I just want my mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but do you know what? I can now say that and say I'm independent and I can self-soothe. And I put myself in the shower and then I hop back into bed and like I was fine. I'm fine. But I think it is, it's different. You don't have that person to kind of pat your head and then uh, that's where you grow again. Mm-hmm. It, it is a really empowering thing. So Or cook your dinner. Or cook your dinner. Oh. You know, there's, oh, I went out to dinner many times on my own, but I actually loved it in the end. And the staff always were like extra friendly and extra talkative. And They are, aren't yeah, they? I and, love it. Yeah. So that, look, there's so many positives, but through the positives are some hard times. And that's, I think, being aware of that will make your trip even more fun. Mm-hmm. By going, oh, okay, Amelia actually pre-warned me about this. So <laughs> Michelle was kind of talking about this too and, and it, it's not as shocking. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so where are we at now? Then we went, I went up. <laughs> I wasn't travelling with anyone. I have a habit of doing that too. <laughs> I say we all the Third time person. and it's just me. I think it's so people don't realize that I'm always by myself (laughs) and I think that's another trick that I do without realizing it when I'm in a cab or those things where I make out like I'm with people yes and I think that's just become a habit now yes that when I am traveling by myself I'd be like oh yeah we went here or we went there so then people don't think that you are totally by yourself all the time yes and it's a mindset thing where it's a habit now that I do Yeah, exactly. And I think it's important not to tell everyone everything. Yes. And be cautious about who you speak to. But yeah, I think that I traveled to Germany on my own. (laughs) I could could tell anyone that. And I went to meet some family friends. So I did meet some friends along the way. And I think that made it really nice. And I could relax 
because they looked after me. So this time I visited them for three days and I went, right, where haven't I seen in Germany? And I went up to Berlin. Okay. Yeah, I haven't been to Berlin either. I've got family that live in Germany. Ah. And so I've only really gone and stayed with them and gone to the areas around them. Yeah, there's so much to see and and Germany is one of my favourite places to visit because every time I go there I see something new that I would have just shocked, that shocks me, like a castle, like a random castle. Just <laughs> I know. I think that about Europe, there's castles everywhere. I'm just like, I want a castle. I want wish a we had them here. I know we don't. But I went to Berlin and look, by this time it was getting really cold. And this, I went in September. I was started in Italy and it was beautiful and warm and it was summer clothes and I thought it was going to be warmer than it was. So I didn't take a jacket. This is, I know, lessons. Oh, I didn't no. take a jacket and I... I didn't have my shoes because they were stolen. So, okay, let's go back to the, stu- the <laughs> shoes being stolen. Did you – so you literally had no other shoes with you or did look, you have some flip-flops? Look, I had my flip-flops. I had some uh, heels and I had sandals because warm, Imagine you know. if all you had was your high heels and you oh have to go God. downstairs in the hostel with your oh high heels God. on. Seriously, <laughs> I can actually imagine myself doing that. <laughs> The funniest part is, right, it wasn't funny at the time. It was actually really frustrating because I have a bunion from modelling. People have put me into size 8 shoes. I'm a size 10 and it hurts. So anything restrictive and these shoes were special, orthotic, what do you call them? Yeah, yeah, posturopedic. I don't know what you (laughs) – give me the word. I don't know what it is either. It's special (laughs) shoes for you. (laughs) can't think. And look, I tried. I went into – every sneaker shop and look I didn't want to spend 200 euros on a shoe and I was prepared to by the end because I was so fed up and my feet were so cold but I still didn't buy them I still didn't buy any shoes I ended up going through the whole time in your flip-flops no I had my runners I had my runners oh you did have runners but my runners didn't look nice with the the outfits that I was going so it really was annoying because runners look great with active wear or I mean runners with jeans sneens I don't know I don't like that (laughs) I didn't want to rock that but I did and that taught me a lesson as well so this is another positive out of my runners and the frustration was that I didn't have to look great all the time in my own mind I probably looked fine to other people but my expectations of myself changed now being back home I can not have to put so much pressure on myself for everything to match and you know be curvy Amelia kind of always on show and, I, and in Europe, I could once I accepted it, I could actually go, okay, these are the shoes you've got. You've chosen not to spend 200 pounds or euros on, on new sneakers and that's the way it is. None of them fit me. That They weren't comfortable. I was prepared to buy them if they were comfortable, mm-hmm. but none of them were comfortable. Yeah. So it was this constant kind of battle of expectations. So once I dropped that, I felt fine and I wore my sneakers and I got home and I've now got the shoes back. I just I messaged the brand and I told them I'm like I'm really sad. Yeah, they they sent me some new ones. So, oh, that's yeah, lovely. Because I'd worked with them before and and I love promoting them and and sharing them. So yeah, Frankie Four Footwear. <laughs> wow, they're that's they're nice the best. They're the best. I still can't believe there was another woman that shared the room with you that was a size ten. She was a model. She was. She was a model from London, and I actually spoke to her. I knew it. Ex- and look, I can't accuse her because I don't know exactly. But if I was a detective. <laughs> Then I feel like Amelia is on. (laughs) Look, I don't hold any grudges towards her. I just feel like she maybe needed shoes. That's fine. But I wouldn't have learned that lesson if she hadn't taken them. So I think I'm grateful for that. That was at the very start of my trip. And by the end, I was sneezing, 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 sneezing around with my jeans and sneakers. Is that that a term? Yeah, sneeze. 
sneaker jeans. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, like the the older guys who, you know, wear the white New Balance and they got the jeans going on. They're just like, it's a trend. It's not, oh. it's not a trend, but people, oh. yeah, it's okay. kind of a funny. Because <laughs> I didn't know there was, I didn't know there was a name for it. People will know what I'm talking about when they uh, hear this. Yeah, there's a lot more cooler people out there than me. I don't know the new trend. Apparently, it's cool now. Oh, it's cool. But what I what is it called again? Sneens. I love looking like I'm put together well. In, in a certain, I'm not saying that that's not a good look for other people, but yeah. for me, it wasn't a look I was comfortable with. No, I'm not comfortable with that either. I just, I don't like the way it sits on, no. like the jeans sit on my knees. No, 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 no. I'm Neither happy with little, little like loafery shoes, like that kind of sneakers. Otherwise, it's just a comfort thing for me. Uh, it's yeah. not so much an aesthetic thing. It's the the comfort of it. How they rub and yes, well, I'd roll my my jeans up oh, and yes. that would look cute. It looked cute, but it wasn't. It didn't feel cute when it was eight degrees in Berlin. Oh, so I'm with you. Yeah, and I just felt like the snap of the season change, and I was up north, and I hadn't planned it properly. So my advice would be to take something for everything. So I had a jacket that I could have taken that was quite light and it was an all-weather jacket. I even use it skiing. I should have taken that jacket. I would have been fine. So I wasn't just looking for shoes. I was looking for jackets and I was looking for scarves and all these things I knew I wouldn't use back home. I already had them all. Planned the trip about not worrying about money. So I really wanted to not make it about shopping for things. I didn't buy anything. I, I bought mustard from Paris. I literally didn't buy anything and I felt uh, it was going against what I had wanted to learn about myself uh, because I like materialistic things and I I wanted to make the trip about the experience. So going to buy a jacket for myself defeated that. So it was all these internal battles and it sounds so silly talking about it but it was, you know, I didn't want to go home with with no money. Yeah, I wanted to go home feeling happy in that area. So I was cold. I was really cold in Berlin. It it drops. The degrees drop at night especially Mm -hmm. and I didn't think that. Anyway, I was in Berlin. That was amazing. I met up with um, my lovely friend who is a model. <laughs> did you stay with her or did you stay in a hostel? I, I stayed in an Airbnb. By this time, okay. I was fed up. I had, was like, right, I know what I want and what I don't want. I spent a little bit more money. This is where I chose to spend the money on an Airbnb quite close to the center of the town. So I didn't have to walk too far. Or that So were you just sharing a room in someone else's place or did you yes. get a whole apartment? No, I got, I was looking for a whole apartment, but I ended up spending the amount of what it would have cost to get a whole apartment, but I only got a room. It wasn't very cost effective, but I tell you, it was, I was relieved because I had my own space. That was great experience. The Airbnbs in Europe are really, really awesome and they are affordable. So if, if you want to mix it up, depending on what city you're in, because some hostels are amazing in different cities. I went over to Holland. Oh, okay. Yes. So you can see if you imagine Europe, I'm going up and across. <laughs> and I met another friend there. She was working a lot. So I was still there alone and it was getting very cold by this time as well. <laughs> Especially in Holland. Yeah. It gets quite cold. <laughs> Yes, it does. And uh, if you ever go to Holland, the Holland experience is amazing. What's that? It's like a it's like a four D experience. It's you, you sit in this. It's almost like an indoor ride. You don't really you know move many places, but it, it takes you over an aerial view of Holland. Oh, so you're so you're visually looking at this beautiful scenery, and you're sitting in the chair, and you you feel like you're in the plane like in this little light aircraft and it moves so your chair moves with you and then you get a bit of a spray of water if you know you're splashing through the water it's amazing and it was so enjoyable one of my favorite things in the whole trip I got to see the whole of 
Holland. <laughs> Where did you do that? In So in the city centre, it, it's almost like our Docklands equivalent. They've created this hub of like you know, tourism, but specialising in having a look at the best parts of what they can offer. There's also a swing on the top of a building where you can look at the whole of Amsterdam. So this is in Amsterdam. Sorry, I wasn't clear about that. That's something I would recommend everyone to do. I haven't been to Amsterdam. It's amazing if you see it for what it's not known for. Yes, which is what it's known for is what doesn't turn me on about going there. No, look, I've been there twice now. I haven't gone in, smoked weed. Like, I mean, I don't see that as fun to me. I'd rather see the beautiful buildings and the canals. And I did my first pub crawl. I thought you were going to tell me something else then. No. I'm glad you didn't. Okay. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) See, Amsterdam, where your mind takes you. (laughs) I know. It's so funny. It Actually, to me, I don't think of that anymore because I've been there twice and I've seen the incredible things it can offer. I think just even walking through the streets of Amsterdam on your own is amazing itself. I went to my first pub crawl and I met a lot of beautiful people there as well. And I ended up meeting with them in Paris. That was fun. So you hadn't been on a pub crawl yet before? No, no, I hadn't done a lot of things. Wow. <laughs> I'd been out lots, but I'd never done a pub crawl. I only lasted three so, pubs. So the pub crawl was organised from the hostel. How did you get onto the pub crawl? So th- by this time I was feeling a little bit isolated. So I'd left my friend. Oh, no, because you were at Airbnb. So no. I, I'd been at my friend's in, in Holland staying with her in the country and she was working a lot and I still felt quite alone. So I went, look, if I'm going to be alone, I'm going to go into Amsterdam and kind of look at things. And I went to a hostel in, in Amsterdam, but I got my own room. Yeah. So it was fine and it was great. Uh, I asked people what there was to do and for solo travellers and one of them suggested this pub crawl. So I booked it in and it was probably the, f- the first pre-planned tour that I booked in. Made a particular girlfriend that I will – she's from Montreal and I met her in Paris and she, she was my lifelong friend now. I'd say, <laughs> how can you even imagine that? Oh, it happens all the time. Most of the guests on this show I've met travelling. Yes. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. It really is. That was fun. I only lasted three pubs. It was, I mean, they were just pouring shots and I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy in a good way. It was just, you know, you could do whatever you want. You could not drink if you didn't want to drink. You can drink if you wanted to drink. After Amsterdam, I got on a train and I went to Paris. Now, I've got to say by this time I wanted to go home. Oh, Yeah, okay. I was really, really tired. I was tired of looking out for myself. I was tired of not talking to people that knew me. I was tired of trying to learn the languages because all these countries weren't English countries and I'm very active when it comes to wanting to say hello and you know just coffee and and respecting that I'm in their country and not just going in and talking English. You can, but it's not, it's a nice thing to do to try and. So I was learning, I was taking in all these new places. It was just really overwhelming and I think I may next time do one week less. If I'm going to travel alone, I'd rather do it in a shorter amount of time and see less places but stay in the one place for longer, if that makes sense. Just for me, I think halving the places I went to, I went to a lot of different cities and I was just tired and I wanted to go home. I wanted to be Kirby Amelia again. I wanted to go and work and do something that I knew would be easy and fulfill me. (laughs) And safe. But that was the word safe, easy and safe. So look, I was on a standby flight because my friend is a pilot. And it was pretty awesome. But the only not awesome part was that I didn't get to choose when I could go home. So I had a flight booked in, I guess, you know, I'm using the inverted commas, booked in. But because it was the busy period of time in the holidays, I couldn't actually change my flight because there wasn't anything available. It was either, again, spending that 
$1,500 to get home or waiting. And I decided I would wait. And Paris was my last stop and it was probably my favourite stop. I, I would never, ever take it back. I'm so glad I didn't just pack it all in, go, I'm fed up, you know. And I was crying every day by this, you know. I, look, I had good time. I had really good times but I was feeling very, very emotionally drained and a lot of lessons, so many lessons. And I wouldn't take it back for anything. But by this time I was calling mum and saying, I'm really done. I'm really, really done. And that's hard for a mother to be hearing as well because they yes. can't fix it. And you know what she said to me? The best thing she said. And mum doesn't doesn't give me a way out. Like she always says, you know, how can you learn from this? And, and she tries to make me see the positive and, and not to give up. And so, she, you know, hearing this from her was big. But she said, I felt the same way when I travelled on my own. And I was like, wow, oh, mum, you know, mum's this vivacious, independent woman that, you know, nothing can stop her in my mind. And she said that she felt the same way. And for me to hear that actually made me feel like I could keep going. And that I wasn't crazy because I felt like, oh my gosh, why are you whinging on this trip? It's amazing. So I Googled, I actually Googled other solo travelers experiences and a lot of them had said they'd felt the way I was feeling. So I think if I'd known this, if someone had said, hey, this is what might happen, I don't think I would have been so crazy inside or feeling so crazy inside. I chose not to spend the money on the ticket and I went to Paris. I was meeting my sister there as well. So that was a bit of comfort. Booked myself into a hotel. Like, no, nice-ish hotel. It wasn't very fancy. It was just it had, it had a room and it had a little bit of luxuries. I had an amazing time. I just – it was incredible. I saw the Notre Dame before it burned down. Uh, <laughs> and I went to an amazing uh, place for breakfast every day because I loved it that much. Did you see the Mona Lisa? I did. did oh, she, my gosh. She watches you, doesn't she? She's creepy. So creepy. Oh, so creepy. And I couldn't get close because the crowds were so huge. Oh, we just must have hit it on a good day. Oh, my gosh. We could, there was no one really around when we went. I went with my dad. Literally, we went up and we could walk around her and we could watch her oh, watching us. lucky. Yeah, I think it was – I don't know why. I went during summer. I went in summer. It so was summer was too. It? Oh, okay. But this was a really long time ago. It was 2001. Okay. It probably has a lot more exposure after the Da Vinci Code as well. Uh, I think maybe that would maybe. have been it because it's been in a lot of movies that have been huge blockbusters And I worldwide. also guess internet people now are aware yes. of everything. I actually went to see the Mona Lisa and I didn't put pressure on myself to see everything. And this is where the last part of my trip was amazing. Because I was tired, I went, right, be kind to yourself. Go and see the things you actually want to see. Don't put pressure on yourself to go and see everything. And I went and I saw a few things and I left. And I saw other things. So I, it really changed my perspective of, of what I wanted from the trip. The best advice I could give anyone, okay, I feel like this is probably on the top of my list, is to have Wi-Fi on your phone the whole trip as a solo traveler. I okay. think it takes how a lot of pressure. How do you do that? Because I don't do that. I think it gave me, especially for people who haven't done it before, it gave me a sense of security. So I looked into this quite a lot because, again, I didn't want to spend a lot of money on that. But I was like, that's where I will spend money if I have to. It was only actually it was $5 a day and it was through Vodafone and it was... Oh, through your provider back here in Australia? Yes. Yeah. And it was specifically for travel and it meant I could get internet in... They have a list of places where you can get it. So when I was in Abu Dhabi, I didn't. I had to turn on full roaming. Uh, or not roaming, our uh, full flight mode the whole time and use their Wi-Fi. But in Europe, I got it everywhere I went. So I could talk to my friends and family. I could look up where I was, could look up also the history of places and not have to rely on the brochures. And it was just incredible. It really made, a, it took a lot of stress off having to be that independent. <laughs> yeah, I think it just, 
it can add up to be quite expensive when you're away for a long time. Yes. Which is why I never take those packages. And all I do is turn my data off and I use, I have my phone for an emergency. So if I need to make a call, I can still use it. Yes. And I use Wi-Fi because there is Wi-Fi everywhere. There is, but there's also not Wi-Fi everywhere if you're in the middle of like a tourist. Like if I was in Sachsenhausen in Germany, there was no Wi-Fi anywhere. But I, I almost missed my train and I had to go and find out when the next train was. And like, it, it, there was no Wi-Fi. Yeah. And it I don't saved know if it's me. because I grew up without it. Yes. Yeah. That I have no problem with that. It doesn't bother me because I know once you get to the train station, there's normally Wi-Fi there. Yes, definitely. And you work out where the Wi-Fi is. One benefit of this could get expensive. I chose to spend, I was thinking it was $130 extra on my trip just to have my Wi-Fi every day. You can turn it off. So you only use the days you want. So this is, yeah, the options were really great and you could turn it off. That's a great option. So if I didn't use it while I was with people in Germany in the house using Wi-Fi for five days, I could just turn it off and then I'd I'd save myself that chunk of money. I just feel like it's really nice to have the option and to feel safe as well. It's just an extra thing. Yeah, which is why I don't put it in flight mode. No, okay. Because that freaks me out that if there's an emergency, I can't make a call. Yes, exactly. So I like to be able to have that and then just have my data off that I then use the Wi-Fi because even in South America, everywhere I've been, there is Wi-Fi everywhere. There is, Every restaurant, every cafe, McDonald's, everything has Wi-Fi now. Yes. And so even if you are really stuck, there just, is somewhere. Yeah, you just look around and then there's sure enough there's a place that will have Wi-Fi. Or you just put it on and let it search. And let it search, <laughs> And then yeah, you, yeah, the name yeah, that yeah. you see, you look at that restaurant and you go in there. I didn't want to have to worry about that. And again, that's like what, do you, what is important to you. That's right. To me, the internet is so important because I have to be there for my job. I had to still reply to emails while I was away because I have my own business. So it was just what are your priorities? And for someone also who's experienced traveler knows where to get the Wi-Fi. You know, they know that like, that cafe will have it. But if you're a first-time traveller... <laughs> how, how to scam it and just look yes, for the names and yes. follow that place. And that's amazing, you know. Like, it's <laughs> it's so great to have the options. Just for me, that was just, oh, my gosh. In, I thanked it every day. I was like, thank you. Well, it was a moment where I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I think now there are so many options that you can take out with your provider. I don't know how it is in other countries, mm. but I know that even when you get to a country, you can also go and buy. Prepaid. Prepaid. Yeah, yeah. I personally think it's a bit expensive and yes. I don't spend the money on that. Did you have any times where you were really scared? Yes. And it wasn't where I was in an alley on my, on my own dark. It was in public at a train station in Germany. It was in Berlin and I was buying a ticket. I couldn't work out how to buy the ticket. I, I was tired. I was just, I don't know. And I taking my time and I was standing at the machine and I was approached by this huge man, like <laughs> huge, like six foot seven or something. He was tall and very big as well. Like it's, there was something going on with him. He may have been on drugs or, or something. He started talking German to me and, and I just kind of dismissed him I was like I would just like you know you don't know me I'm just trying to buy a ticket and he was he was you could see he was fishing around to people to get reactions and money and stuff like that again this was where I was trying to be protective of myself and not engage with people like that he started abusing me he started yelling at me and I didn't know what to do luckily another guy came up to me and and kind of made sure I was okay I walked away from him so I just didn't give him my contact and I think that's what saved me but this guy was aggressive and I it does 
go to say that you have to become a little bit aggressive as, as well. And that's what made me feel a little bit sad was that I lost the smile on my face by the end of the trip because I felt like I was there for too long on my own for such an inexperienced traveler. Carrying my bags, my 30 kilograms everywhere I went was becoming a little bit ice queeny. <laughs> it does happen. Yeah. So that doesn't make me feel like me. Yeah. But on the other hand, I feel like I can now protect myself or not be so open to people if I don't need to be. So if I'm going somewhere, I will know the destination. And even if I can't find it very easily, I will just still walk as though I know where I'm going mm-hmm. and as though I'm not a tourist. That was probably the, yeah, the one time I felt pretty, pretty scared for my safety. But it was fine. And in the end, you just go and talk to someone and they'll help you usually. <laughs> yeah. And I think like someone saw the situation and yes. intervened. And hopefully there is yes. always someone around. I mean, there's not always You can't rely around. on it, but no. don't. But if you just turn around and you don't give eye contact and you walk as though you know where you're going. And again, you've got the phone. I had the phone. Know what triple zero is. I'm triple zero in Australia, but know what the emergency, emergency is. But it didn't happen often in all those cities I went to. I didn't feel unsafe apart from that one time. Yeah. And that's not to say that wouldn't happen in Melbourne. I've had that happen yes. here. Yeah. And I also, talking about being an ice queen, I tend to do things that I would never normally do, mm. which is sometimes I wave people off with my yeah. hand. I would find that so rude. Yeah. But if someone is pestering you me, have to. Yes. I, I get to the point where I give them a dirty look and I wave my hand and I don't make eye contact with them. But the wave of the hand is enough for them to see that I'm agitated yes. and do not approach me. And yes. I hate that I have to do it, but it makes me feel safer. Yes. And I find that it actually works. Well, by the end of the trip, I wasn't getting approached by hagglers mm-hmm. or hagglers, how you call it. I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting seen as a tourist, and I, I think my energy changed where I was kind of, I was more uh, powerful in the way that I was presenting presenting yourself. myself yeah. exactly. So I wasn't actually getting annoyed by these people because they wouldn't approach me in the first place. So it, it's a different culture. It's different. You, you don't have to be rude, but you're very. The sign language is important. Mm. So look, and again, it's different good. countries. Yep. different things. I have no problem looking like a tourist. I have no problem with people looking like tourists in my city either. No. And I think sometimes being looking like a tourist will make people want to help you a bit more as well. Yeah, it just dep- you just read the situation because again, you wouldn't some situations you wouldn't want to look like one. No, that's right. Yeah. And the same as the whole conversation we had before about we. When yes. you talk about yes. we, you know, if you're in a cab or an Uber and the driver tends to get quite friendly with <laughs> yes. you, which is why I always personally sit in the back. I never sit in a uh, front. That's a good tip. Oh, I never that's sit in the really front. That's a really good tip, yeah. Yeah, I just don't like being in hand's reach of somebody. I sit in the front here. I never do. No, I shouldn't. I, I always sit in the back. Again, it's precaution. It's like it might not happen. They probably won't, but. No, I just don't like being so close that someone can put their hand on me and I can't control yeah. it. Okay, it's that, a great that good tip. Me. Single lady, good tip. Yeah, I even like a single being... man, even anyone. Like yeah. just sit in the back. I sit in the back. Yeah. I just And I also like to feel like I'm being driven around. Yeah, that's, you know, they like that you feel that you're being driven around by someone special as well. So yeah. I think it goes both ways. You make them feel good. They make you feel good. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Service. <laughs> yeah. But then I will always say to them that I'm meeting my boyfriend and I hate that I feel like I need to do that, mm. but I do it. And I still do it in Melbourne as well. Oh, good. It's yeah. just precaution. It is precaution yeah. because a lot of a lot of drivers tend to ask a lot of personal questions. Yes, they do. Yeah. So it's just how much you tell them and what you want to tell them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder what it will be next time. It was quite stressful. 
just I think of a lot of internal battles. I think that was just mostly probably put a highlight on it. I'd like to plan more next time. I always plan so I don't have that stress. Yes. How you were talking about having the Wi-Fi and that's something that stresses you out. So that's why you covered that. For me, it's planning. Yes. And so I always make sure that I have my destinations planned and then there might be some where I kind of can wing it in between and I'm okay with that. But when it comes to flights and getting to places, I always want to make sure that that's all sorted. So do you have any examples of your trips? Because it's something for me for next time would be like, well, I want to have the flexibility and to see, say, your flight plan or destination mm-hmm. plan would be really interesting to see because being structured is great. But what happens if you go, oh, my gosh, I have no time to actually go and see this city that I've heard about. And, you know, that, that fear sets in where you're missing out. So how do you deal with that? Well, I don't really have that very much because I do a lot of research before I go. Okay. So my last trip that I went to with the girls in South America, we had done research and I went, okay, I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to go here. Now, one of the places that I didn't end up going to was Bolivia and the Salt Flats. And I really wanted to do that, but I couldn't figure it out that the timing would work. Okay. So I had to come to the realization before I went on that trip that that's not going to happen. Amazon, Galapagos and going to Peru and doing like Machu Picchu and Rainbow Mountains for me was higher up on that list. So that ended up stepping down and that means I just have to go back and do that another time. Yeah, and that's exp- expectations again, what we were talking about, that makes sense. So it's it's allowing yourself a little bit of wriggle room even if you don't get to see something you thought you wanted to see that's right there'll be something else and I was working so hard to try and get that in there because I really wanted to try and do that in that trip and it just was impossible it makes it stressful I think it's reducing stress is and and not taking too much with you I think that also made me more stressed so every everywhere I went wasn't just like oh I'll grab my handbag and I'll jump on the train it was oh I'll carry 30 kilograms with me it doesn't sound like much but it's a that's a small human and if you're carrying it up onto the train. So it wasn't a backpack you had oh, suitcase? Yeah. Look, I, I traveled with a backpack years ago and it, I, I swore never again. Never, ever, ever again. It was so, so exhausting for myself, just for me. And I couldn't fit everything in there. And I was just, so this time I went with rolly, rolly bags mm-hmm. and one on each side. And I think there was, yeah, 30 kilograms in the big guy and in the little one was about 12 because I was flying business because I had the standby so I had the x which wasn't a blessing it was like oh this is awesome I can take more but it wasn't because I would have to carry everything everywhere so again it didn't seem like much back here when I was planning but now I've got the experience taking less just like way less I'd love to travel with 10 15 kilograms if I could yeah I'm a heavy packer <laughs> I bet I, 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 I tend to stick to the 23 kilos and I think that's plenty okay and 30 is a lot the only time I do that is coming back on a trip where I've gone shopping so okay more than likely the US yes. and I will buy another bag and bring back because the shopping when the dollar is good is amazing in the US yes when the dollar's not good it's not really worth it Okay, that's a good tip. So, yeah, I guess if you're not doing lots of transfers that you can pack more. But if you're going to see many cities, I wouldn't. Yeah. It's it's always a pro and con. (laughs) Yeah, it is hard. And I've taken suitcases to places where they've recommended not. Like Europe, 
cobblestones, oh, suitcases hard. is hard. <laughs> I think work. I got really good guns yeah. from just being. Boom, 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 she boom, means boom, her arms. Arms. Sorry, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got really good arm strength from carrying these, especially in Bellagio. Um, there was videos of me just like laughing and crying at the same time almost because my arms were so sore and my sisters were laughing at me but I was just carrying these big pink suitcases down these cobblestones and (laughs) it's hilarious yeah and I often think I wish I had my backpack but then when I have my backpack I think I wish I had my suitcase yes so I think it's one of those things that sometimes you're just never going to be happy it's luggage you've got to get it to and from places yes and just account for timing. I think I didn't account for running to the train and, and just, again, the planning is so important. I think it would make your trip a lot more enjoyable if that's the way you're kind of designed. If you are a planner, you're a planner. Don't try and fight it. <laughs> that's right. Just go with it. Just go with what you are. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not, then just go with that too. Exactly just right. Wing it. If you're not a planner, like don't plan too much. Yeah. That's the most important thing out of everything that I want to talk about today is you know who you are and, and also use wiggle room to discover other things about yourself. But yeah, just own it and be, right. be you. Yeah, beautiful. We are approaching our destination. Ladies and gentlemen, please fasten your seatbelts for the final five. Your favourite city or town. I am in love with Paris. I fell in love Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's really so, so what is it, uh, cliche? <laughs> but I love Paris. Weirdest food you've ever eaten? Oh, it must be jellyfish. Jellyfish? Yeah, I know. Where did you I eat really, jellyfish? I really love uh, Asian food. And I went to, actually it was in Bali. Really, really weird. It wasn't nice and it wasn't yuck. <laughs> I'm really, this is the weirdest thing I've ever eaten. Yeah. Jellyfish? Yeah. Mm. Beaches or mountains? Beaches. I am a beach girl. I just feel drawn to it. So I'm always I'm always going to the beach. A tourist site that you recommend is a must see. Oh, this one is easy because it must be the Colosseum in, in Rome. Rome. Oh, I've seen that twice now and I've never seen anything so incredible. It just the width of the building and the, the history that goes into it. I'm a bit of a history buff. But it just is unique there's so many unique buildings but that one to me really resonates and I always tell people it's a must see you come out of the train station you look up and it's just whoa it's like gladiator like it's like you're in a movie yeah it is it is amazing can you say thank you in another language I can I can because I tried to learn while I was over there (laughs) danke schön oh (laughs) German yeah so nice every every country I went to I, I, I learned how to say hello and thank you I think they're important very important people respect you instantly from it it's a respect that's why I like to ask people that as the final question yes so then my (laughs) listeners can start to learn thank you in so many different languages well thank you so much for joining me today it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I hope my listeners have loved listening to you and your tips Well, thanks for having me. It's been so great to be here and uh, to share my tips and travel experiences. So I hope that people have amazing times on their travels. And we're going to keep watching you on Instagram and see all the stuff you do. Yes. Well, look, if you ever follow me, message me, comment, you know, I always engage with people, especially new people. And if you have any questions about my travels, just feel free, message me on there. I'll put in the description, I'll put all the details so how they can follow you. Wonderful. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.
Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't, nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.